Chapter Eleven of Peeps at People, being certain papers from the writings of Anne Warrington Witherup, by John Kendrick Bangs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Eleven: Heinrich Schenkewitz. Anne Warrington Witherup, read by K. Hand. Edward de Reski, read by Jim Gallagher. Jean de Reske, read by Peter Strom. Henrik Schankiewicz, read by Ellis. Salesman, read by Lian Yao. Maid, read by Lian Yao. On my way back from the Polish home of the de Reskis, it occurred to me that it would be worth while to stop over a day or so and interview Mr. Schankiewicz. There were a great many things I desired to ask that gentleman, and he is so comparatively unknown a personality that I thought a word or two with him would be interesting. I had great difficulty in finding him, for the very simple reason that, like most other people, I did not know how to ask for him. Ordinarily I can go into a shop and ask where the person I wish to see may chance to dwell. But when a man has a name like Schenkovitz, the task is not an easy one. When it is remembered that poets in various parts of the United States have made the name rhyme to such words as sticks, fizz, and even vichy, it will be seen that it requires an unusually bold person to try to speak it in a country where words of that nature are considered as easy to pronounce as Jones or Smith would be in my own beloved land. However, I was not to be daunted and set about my self-appointed task without hesitation. My first effort was to seek information from my friends the Derezkis, and I telegraphed them, where can I find Schenkovitz? Please answer. With their usual courtesy, the brothers replied promptly, We don't know what it is. If it is a patent medicine, apply at any apothecary shop. If it is a vegetable, we do not raise it. But we have a fine line of parsley we can send you if there is any immediate hurry. I suppose I ought not to give the brothers away by printing their message of reply, but it seems to me to be so interesting that I may hope to be forgiven if I have erred. I next turned to the bookshops, but even there I was puzzled. Most of the booksellers spoke French, and while I am tolerably familiar with the idiom of the boulevards, I do not speak it fluently, and was utterly at a loss to know what quo vadis might be in that language. So I asked for a copy of With Fire and Sword. Avez-vous avec feu et sabre? I asked of the courteous salesman. It may have been my accent, or it may have been his stupidity. In any event, he did not seem to understand me, so I changed the book and asked for The Children of the Soil. N'importe, said I. Avez-vous les enfants de la terre? Excuse me, madame, he replied in English. But what do you want, anyhow? I want to know where, uh, the author of Quo Vadis lives? Oh, said he. I did not quite understand you. It is so long since I was in Boston that my American French is a trifle weak. If you will take the blue trolley car that goes up Oyavzdovska Avenue and ask the conductor to let you out at the junction of the Krakowskie Przedmieście and the Novi Sviat, the gendarme on the corner will be able to direct you thither. Good heavens, I cried. Would you mind writing that down? He was a very agreeable young man and consented. It is from his memorandum that I have copied the names he spoke with such ease, and if it so happens that I have got them wrong, it is his fault and not mine. One more thing before I go, said I, folding up the memorandum and shoving it into the palm of my hand through the opening in my glove. When I get to, uh, the author of Quo Vadis's house, whom shall I ask for? 
I fear the young man thought I was mad. He eyed me suspiciously for a moment. That all depends upon whom you wish to see, he said. I want to see, er, him, said I. Then ask for him, he replied. It is always well, when calling, to ask for the person one wishes to see. If you desire to call upon Mrs. Brown Jones, for instance, it would be futile to go to her house and ask for Mrs. Pinksmith or Mrs. Green Robinson. I know that, said I, but what's his name? The young man paled visibly. He now felt certain that I was an escaped lunatic. I mean, how do you pronounce it? I hastened to add. Oh, he replied with a laugh and visibly relieved. Oh, that. Why? Sienkiewicz, of course. It is frequently troublesome to those who are not familiar with the Polish language. It is pronounced Sienkiewicz. S-I-E-N-K. Sienk. I-E-E-W-I-C-Z. Vich. Sienkiewicz. And so I left him, no wiser than before. He did it so fluently and so rapidly that I failed to catch the orthopic curves involved in this famous name. Armed with the slip of paper he had so kindly handed me, I sought out and found the trolley car, conveyed by signs rather than by word of mouth to the conductor where I wished to alight, discovered the gendarme, who turned out to be a born policeman, and was therefore an Irishman, who escorted me without more ado to the house in which dwelt the man for whom I was seeking. Is er the head of the house in? I asked of the maid who answered my summons. I spoke in French and this time met with no difficulty. The maid had served in America and understood me at once. Yes, ma'am, she replied, and immediately ushered me into the author's den, where I discovered the great man himself scolding his secretary. I cannot understand why you are so careless, he was saying as I entered. In spite of all my orders, repeatedly given, you will not dot your J's or cross your L's. If you do not take great care, I shall have to get someone else who will write this letter over again. Then he looked up, and, perceiving me, rose courteously, and, much to my surprise, observed in charming English. Miss Witherup, I presume? Yes, said I, grasping his proffered hand. How did you know? I was at the Daraska when your telegram reached there yesterday, he explained. We thought you would be amused by the answer we sent you. Oh, said I, seeing that I had been made the victim of a joke. It wasn't polite, was it? Oh, I don't know, he replied. It was inspired by our confidence in your American alertness. We were sure you would be able to find me anyhow, and we thought we'd indulge in our little humour. That was all. Ah, I said, smiling, to show my forgiveness. Well, you were right, and now that I have found you, tell me, do you write or dictate your stories? I dictate them, he said. Wonderful, said I. Can you really speak all those dreadful Polish words? They are so long and so full of unexpected consonants in curious juxtaposition that they suggest barbed wire rather than literature to the average American mind. I had a sort of sneaking idea that he would find in juxtaposition a word to match any of his own, and so I spoke it with some pride. He did not seem to notice it, however, and calmly responded. One gets used to everything, 
miss witherup i have known men who could speak russian so sweetly that you'd never notice how full of jays the language is said he and i have heard englishmen say that after ten years residence in the united states they got rather to like the dialect of you new yorkers and in some cases to speak it with some degree of fluency themselves what is your favorite novel mr er shiankovich he said smiling over my hesitation thanks i said gratefully but never mind that i have a toothache anyhow and if you don't mind i won't don't mention it he said i won't i answered what is your favorite novel quo vadis he replied promptly and without any conceit whatever he was merely candid i don't mean of your own i mean of other people's said i oh said he i didn't understand still my answer must be the same my favorite novel in polish is of course my own but of the novels that others have published i think quo vadis by jeremiah Hartin is my favorite of course it is only a translation but it is good i did not intend to be baffled however so i persisted very well mr er you said i what is your favorite novel in chinese my favorite novel has not yet been translated into chinese he replied calmly and i had to admit myself defeated do you like vanity fair i asked i have never been there said he simply what do you think of pickwick i asked that is a large question he replied with some uneasiness i thought but as far as my impressions go i think he was guilty i passed the matter over are you familiar with american literature i asked somewhat said he i have watched the popular books in your country and have read some of them and what books are they i asked well covadis and the prisoner of zender he replied they are both excellent i suppose you never read conan doyle i put in with some sarcasm a man who is familiar with what is popular in american literature ought to have read conan doyle yes he replied i have read conan doyle i have read it through three times but i think dr holmes did better work than that he's a autograph on the breakfast table was a much a better novel than conan doyle and he's the poem the charger of the light brigade is a thing to be remembered still i liked conan doyle he added everybody does i said not really it is a novel that suggests a life a blood insight and all that said my host but of all the books you americans have written the best is mr thackeray's estimate of your american boulevardier it was named if i remember rightly tommy fadden i read that with much interest and i do not think that mr thackeray ever did anything better although his story of jane eyre 
was very good indeed Fadon was such a perfect representation of your a successful american and in reading it one can picture to oneself all the peculiar qualities of your best society really i am grateful to mr thackeray for his tommy fadden and when you return to new york i hope you will tell him so with my compliments i looked at my watch and observed that the hour was growing late i am returning to paris said i so i have very little time left still i wish to ask you two questions first did you find it hard to make a name for yourself very said he it has taken sixteen hours a day for twenty years then why didn't you choose an easier name like lang or johnson i asked what is your other question he said in response when i make a name i make a name that will be remembered shiankovich will be remembered whether it can be pronounced without rehearsal or not what is your other question are you going to read from your own works in america or not dr doyle dr watson anthony hope matthew arnold and richard la gallienne have done it how about yourself i said mr shankovitz sighed i wanted to but i can't said he nobody will have me nonsense said i have you they'll all have you but he added how can i one must be introduced and how can a chairman of the evening introduce me they have intelligence said i and some of them have so i was quite right yes but they have no enunciation or memory said he i can explain forever the pronunciation of my name but your american chairman can never remember how it is pronounced i shall not go and so i departed from the house of mr shankovitz i can't really see why when he was making a name for himself he did not choose one that people outside of his own country could speak occasionally without wrecking their vocal cords one like boggs for instance end of chapter eleven